Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, then be sure to catch us every week on all streaming services. Make sure to follow our social media. All links can be found in the description of our episodes. And make sure you're emailing us your thoughts. Our email is theissuemailbox at gmail.com. Also, sign up for our newsletter. You can do that by going to our website that we have linked in the episode. All you have to do is put in your email and click sign up. Guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, share with your friends, and thank you for listening to The Issue. Yo, what's up? It is The Issue. It is Monday, July 12th, another episode, episode 87 here. Great Monday in Pittsburgh. 87, we're getting close to 100. Yeah, we are. 100 episodes of The Issue. Yeah, we should do a little something for the 100th episode. We should. Maybe a giveaway. Yeah. Or maybe we bring that up a little earlier, but that should be coming out within the next week or two, I'd say. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, guys, it is Luke and Tim from The Issue here. Uh, Good episode to get to you guys today. A lot of news about the show coming out pretty soon. Uh, So make sure you're going to our website, signing up for our email list. All you got to do is put in your email, click sign up, sign up for our our mailing list. It'll be good. Yeah, and then that'll... uh Basically, save your spot if you wanted the fantasy league as well. We said that like the last, last episode. episode, yeah. Um, that we're gonna do a fantasy league this year for anyone who's involved or interested. I'm sorry, and uh, it should be good. Yeah. A- absolutely. So we've been doing our divisional predictions. Yeah, we start those about eight weeks before the NFL season. Go through each of the divisions, uh, wins, losses, best players, all that. But um, this week we have gotten to the NFC East. We've done the NFC West, or yeah, NFC West, the NFC West, West, AFC West. That's it so far, right? Yeah, and, and then and then now we'll do the NFC East today, and we'll do the AFC East next week. Right. Okay. So, without further ado, I feel okay. I should preface this. I feel like a lot of people are going to be upset about this. A lot of people. Why is that? I mean, first of all, Philly going to be upset. They know how I feel, though. Philly knows how I feel. But uh, let's start with who I think is the best team in the division, the Washington football team. Now, this is going to sound crazy because we had them in the basement last year. Dallas is a more talented football team, I think, at least offensively. And you might even say they're better than New York, I think, slightly. So let's start with them. So Washington, 10-7. and Now, I don't think... I think this is going to be a lot like the division last year. Not quite as bad, but I don't think you're going to have like an 11-12 win team in this division. I think 10 will win the division. Um, for Washington, their losses are fairly straight up, like teams you'd expect. The Bills, the Falcons might be a little bit of a shock, but earlier in the year, Washington gelling a little bit. Some young guys on the defense, on the offense as well. Uh, some new pieces like Curtis Samuel, Ryan Fitzpatrick, first year there. They'll probably lose to the Falcons early. Then the Chiefs, Packers, Bucks, Seahawks. No real shock there. They're a good team, but everyone knows they're not really contending with, like, you know, the Packers and the Bucks, the Seahawks quite yet in the NFC. Um, and then probably the Cowboys at the end of the year. Uh, I do think the Cowboys are talented. Like, Dak's a good quarterback. Um, they'll be fine. They'll be average. So they'll, they'll probably steal one of the two games from Washington, and that game's at home. So I like them at home. 
now the New York football giants, tying with the same record, but in division record would put them in second place because I have them losing twice in division as opposed to Washington's just once. So the Giants at 10-7. and seven. I think they lose to Washington early. That's at Washington. The, the Giants, or I'm sorry, I don't remember if that's at Washington or not, but they lose both times anyway, so that doesn't really matter. Um, I just think earlier in the year, the Giants have like Kenny Galladay and, and a bunch of new pieces that they drafted. Kadarius Toney, you know, guys that are technically second year but still really young in that offense. The coach is second year, so there's going to be still a little bit of gelling to occur. And I think earlier in the year they're not going to be great. Then they play lose to the Rams, Chiefs, Bucks. Not really a shock there. The Dolphins, I just think the Dolphins are a better team right now. I, first of all, I like their coach better. I do like Joe Judge, but I like Brian Flores better. And I think they have a better defense. It's the kind of the same idea that the Giants are built on, like a nice team defense. There's not like one or two players that are studs, but a really good team defense. But I think the Dolphins are just a better version of that. Um, then the Chargers, later in the year, I think the Chargers are going to be rolling. Justin Herbert's going to be a, a menace. And if, they, if Brandon Staley can coach, they'll be fine. Yeah, Brandon Staley. Okay. I got, I got myself all faked out. I always get him confused with the guy in Atlanta, Arthur Smith. Gotcha. But anyway. And then they lose to Washington later in the year. Just I think Washington's a better football team head-to-head. I think when you get the experience of Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, and Ron Rivera, I think head-to-head that, that's going to be a tough, a tough game for New York. Now let's, let's make some people mad with these last two teams because they probably have the biggest fan bases of these four teams, or at least the most most ruthless. What, Dallas? <laughs> yeah, Dallas. So <laughs> Dallas 9-8. and eight. No, I don't think this is like a crazy idea to say they're 9-8. People want to come out here and crown them a Super Bowl team. What would show you that? Hmm, let's see. Aging offensive line, average quarterback that you're paying well above average money, great money. You're paying a good quarterback, great money. Never works. Offensive line, aging, not great. Receiving core is good. I think it's a little overhyped. I, I like C.D. Lamb. I don't think he's all that yet. Michael Gallup's a fine two. He's not a one. People are saying, oh, you, you could definitely be. Eh. I think he's more of a two. Um, tight end's a weak spot. Their defense absolutely can't stop a nosebleed. Um, I, th- I think they're just overhyped. They lose the Bucks, the Giants, the Pats. I think the Vikings are going to be a well-improved um, or a much-improved football team. They're going to play well. They're going to be. They're going to be Dallas. They lose the Chiefs, um, the Saints, Washington, and the Giants later in the year. Look, all those teams are just better. They're just better football teams. I think if Daniel Jones doesn't turn the ball over, honestly, the same with Ryan Fitzpatrick as well. He's more of a gunslinger. If they don't turn the football over. They'll easily beat the the Cowboys. I don't think it's even close. Well, I mean, the Cowboys are also a team that has seemed to be overhyped for about a decade now. They've underwhelmed for well over a decade. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Dak's a good quarterback, and he's in the top half of the league in quarterbacks, I would say. Top, top 12 to 15. Right. But they're paying him top three money. And he's not worth it. Not top three. He. People point to the stats, and what do we always say? The stats do not translate to wins. Well, I'll have to bring that back because I, I haven't done that in a long time, but I have gone through and broken down Dak's stats against winning teams and against losing teams, and I'll bring it back and I'll show you guys that Dak gets all of his stats against you know teams like this next team we're going to talk about, Philly. 3-14. and 14. 
at the bottom of the division. Yeah, they're, I think they're going to be really bad. I, I really do. Everyone's like, oh, you know, Jalen Hurts this and new coach that. And that's all I'm thinking, but in the reverse way. Nick Sirianni, I've never heard of him. He's going to lead Jalen Hurts, who can't accurately deliver a football consistently, to like some promised land with a, I don't know how to say it, but a bad offensive line. Jason Peters is not good anymore. Brandon Brooks isn't that good anymore. Jason Kelsey's aging. They're not a good offensive line. They're an old offensive line. In the first eight weeks, they're going to be a top 12 offensive line. The last nine weeks, they're not even going to be close. I think their weapons are underwhelming as well. If Jalen Rieger and rookie Devontae Smith are your top targets, you got a problem. I mean, Zach Ertz is fine. I don't think he's special. He's aging. Dallas Goddard is just a different version of Zach Ertz. It's the same, very similar tight end, so I don't think that provides a different dimension. Their defense is underwhelming. They're the oldest roster in the league. Nick Sirianni has never coached. He's like 30 years old, so he's going to go into a veteran locker room and, and somehow flip it and tell him that, you know, trust the process. No, don't buy that at all. They lose to Atlanta, San Francisco, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, even the Panthers. Um, the Bucks, the Raiders, who I don't like this year, the Chargers, the Saints, Giants, Washington, Giants again, Washington again, and the Cowboys again. I don't see them winning a division game. They go 0-6 in division, 3-14. They're not a good football team. No disagreements. I mean, we went through the schedule, and the way we do it, I feel like, is the most accurate and the best way to do it, really. You know, break down every game. And and every team, I feel like so we we you you'll be like oh let's let's start with Washington right and I'll be like okay so let's think about their strengths their weaknesses and then go from there and then go look at the schedule that way you know we were working with yeah um, the like the thing I want to say about Dallas is like going through their schedule it's not or not Dallas well, well no, I guess Dallas, kind of yeah. Dallas but I mean, look especially Philly right because all these people are going to come after us now especially from. I mean, the two most ruthless fan bases in the NFL, quite honestly. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, we're probably going to take some heat for those predictions. Look, for sure we will. Yeah, we do every on every division, though. Um, yeah, but what it we're, is. we're normally more right than they are. So. Well, it's true. Last year we were definitely right. I mean, like, think about it. Look, the Cowboys get shafted. You know, they get the Bucks on the road. Even the Chargers early, who we have them beating – on the road. Um, you get the Patriots at Foxborough. Then you get the Vikings in Minnesota. You get the Chiefs at Arrowhead. You got to go to New Orleans. Like, just hear, listen to that. That's brutal. That's a schloid. You're, you're done. That's it. Yeah. Like, you're not good at, Dak is not good enough to overcome all that. He's just not good enough to overcome an average coach, an aging offensive line, a defense that can't stop a nosebleed, and a schedule that is against him. It's just not going to happen. Same with Philadelphia. Look, every team, we can sit here and say, well, Philly, you know, based on their talent, they could be a six-win team. Pick me out six wins. I, we got we barely got to three. Yeah. We were close to saying two and 15. We barely got to three wins. I mean, they're, they're a worse team than almost... I think we have beating, what, the Lions, the Broncos, and... The Lions... There's another team I don't remember. Lions, Broncos, and Jets. Yeah, the Jets. There it is. 
outside of that, you think they're they're a better team than Atlanta? They just got Kyle Pitts. Everyone's hyping up Atlanta. So you think they're gonna no? They're not gonna beat the Niners. I don't care who they start at quarterback. They can start C.J. Beathard from last year. Nick Mullins doesn't matter. The Cowboys are a better team. Chiefs are at least three times as good. <laughs> I mean, you could take the Chiefs like top twelve players out of the game, and they'd still probably win. Um, they're, the Panthers with Sam Darnold are going to be a much more dynamic team. Philly can't stop a nosebleed. The Bucks are obviously better. Even the Raiders, Derek Carr, just go quarterback to quarterback, is a much better quarterback. I don't even like John Gruden. He's a much better coach. Also, we need to throw out there just how horrible the offensive line is in Philadelphia now as well. It's not good. Like, Jason Peters is old. Jason Kelsey is old. Brandon Brooks is coming off of what? Is it Achilles or an ACL? Old. Like, it's not good. It's just not it. <sighs> okay, MVP, who do you think it is? I would say Chase Young, 100% in the division. The best overall player in the division, you have to go with Chase Young. Yeah, yeah, I think Chase Young is uh, is it there. I do think also when you start talking about MVP most valuable, when he got a sack, I don't remember their record, but they – I don't remember the actual numbers, but they win much more when he is a factor in the game. Um, if he's – Look, your quarterback can't do anything if he's on the ground, period. They made Tom Brady uncomfortable. They ended up going on to win the Super Bowl. So you have to get to the quarterback. Most valuable player, definitely Chase Young. Best quarterback. I mean, you got to go Dak, right? I mean, there's no one else. We have to put Dak. I mean, when you're in a... Just look at our other options. Like, the other... Yeah, have you ever heard the term, like, garbage looks great when it's surrounded by other garbage? No, but I mean, like, the, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Dak's garbage, but I don't think he... Look, I think there's divisions where they have two to three quarterbacks that are better than Dak. Like, just because he's the best in this division doesn't mean he's a top, what, eight quarterback? That's not how it works. He's a top, I don't know, 12, 12 13, right? So he's the best quarterback in this division. Though. He's not better than, than um, you know, most of the other division winners, probably. But he's better than Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So he's the best quarterback. Plus, I think he's he's fine statistically. That's not a problem. It just doesn't always translate the wins. Um, okay, off in the player of the year. Kind of a sleeper pick here because he's coming off an injury. But Saquon. So it's almost like a comeback player of the year thing as well. I think he's going to be a beast. I mean, you look at what he was, what he was doing in college, not just weightlifting, but, I mean, running the football too. Everything, yeah, he's a beast. He, he's a uh, physical specimen. He can just catch, seems, he can seems block. to win at everything he does. Um, I've never seen a human clean four hundred pounds before. That was that was impressive to me. Uh, I don't think this dude's gonna have any any issues through his rehab and yeah, coming was, back from this. Yeah, he was probably fine. No, I mean he probably just got to spend more time in the gym. He's probably happy about it. Yeah. All right. How about defensive player of the year? We're gonna go with another giant, James Bradbury. So defensively, we did also. You know, a non-Chase Young Defensive Player of the Year. You have to. You know, if the MVP is defensive, we're not going to just that, that kind of throw the away. same yeah, name yeah. out there. Um, I went with James Bradbury. Here's why: he's a corner for the New York Giants. I think it's because of the value he brings to them if he plays well. If he plays like a top five corner, like he did last year, you see what that defense can be. But if that defense has an obvious weak spot over the top, then you know, their pass rush and their blitz schemes don't 
seem as appealing, you know. So I I would say valuable. James Bradbury has to be on lockdown for that defense to really be operating at a high level. So that's why I think he, he could be Defensive Player of the Year. Rookie of the Year from your – I think it's probably your favorite college team, Kentucky. Absolutely. His name's Jamin Davis, right? Mm-hmm. I think he, he was kind of like a sleeper in the first round there. Got picked 19 overall by Washington. Not a lot of people are talking about him. Hyper-athletic linebacker. Physical at the point of attack. Um, I like him a lot as a prospect. Reminds me a little bit of a Devin Bush, mm-hmm. who was really good before the injury. I think Jamin Davis, you could look up and he could have well over 100 tackles. He could be like a Luke Keekley type player. Yeah, uh, this is a guy that I watched a, play a good bit in college, and um, he was standout in the SEC. So, you know, that's always a good sign when you can take the most difficult football conference in college football and you can still stand out and still make an insane amount of tackles and lead a defense. I mean, let's be real here, okay? Kentucky does not have the best defense or, or the best football team in general. So, yeah, especially in the SEC. So when you're going to step up and lead, and he was an obvious leader on that team, you expect him to get drafted. I wasn't expecting first round. I saw that. I was, I was a little bit... Sur- maybe a little later. 19th overall seemed a little high, but I still love him. Seemed like a little bit of a reach, but I do think he's going to be really, really good this year. All right, how about the sleeper of the division? Now, people might be like, oh, I, nobody's sleeping on him. He gets slept on way more than you think. I think Terry McLaurin is a top 10 receiver in this league. I really do. He he gives me, not not physically, but early in his, like, so he's early in his career, gives me parallels to DeAndre Hopkins early in his career. Not the, not the actual physical talent. The fact that they both have had random quarterbacks, not Good quarterbacks either, you know, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, like a Taylor Heineke and a Kyle Allen and a, you know, whoever they're starting that week, much like the Texans did with a young D-Hop. And so I, I think he is really good. Great hands, phenomenal leader. He's quick. He's shifty. Um, he's not overly, you know, explosive athletically, but he just does so many little things right. I don't want to sit here and say he reminds me of Jerry Rice because he's the Jerry Rice, the best receiver of all time. But Jerry Rice didn't have the best hands. He didn't have the longest arms. He didn't jump the highest. He didn't run the fastest. But he was so focused and and detailed and good at the little things that he ended up being the best receiver of all time. I think Terry McLaurin has a little bit of that. Doesn't really do anything outstanding physically, but is just really, really good at everything and is just a really good receiver. There you go. Um, so that's about all we have for the NFC East right there. Um, getting into the news here. Oh, yeah. Out of the NFC East, actually. So we'll stay in division here. Um, so the Washington football team president says the team will review uh, reveal a new name and logo in 2022. The Washington football's um, multi-year nickname journey seems to finally be reaching its end. Washington President Jason Wright told the Washington Post that the team will reveal a new name and logo in early 2022. He said that the team would retain its well-known burgundy and gold color scheme. Why don't they just... Here's my solution. They should just go to whoever pushed the most to have it changed. Go to them and say, what do you guys think would be an appropriate name that would honor... You know, because the Redskin name was what? That's a a tribe, right? Mm Mm-hmm. To honor the tribe, but also keep an authentic 
Native American name that honors you instead of offends you. Period. Done. End of story. Like, this has gone on for so long. Like, why? Like, I don't get what's yeah. taken them so long to figure out a name. Yeah. And, like, some branding. Like, I get it's a big brand, but, like, come on now. Yeah. This Shouldn't need a year and a half. To, getting a little silly. I'm, to get a you name know, and, a, and a logo. I'm about I'm about done saying Washington football team. I want to say, like, you know, Red Tails or whatever they, you know, that yeah. was thrown out there. Um, also in the news, New England Patriots quarterback Cam Newton comes out and says that his his shoulder has never been healthy for years. Uh, it's been since 2016. Newton explained he injured his shoulder after throwing an interception against the San Diego Chargers in Week 14 of the 2016 NFL season. He said he knew he messed it up in his AC joint on that play, and he said it's just been part of me ever since then. Uh, Cam Newton has never had a healthy shoulder since 2016. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I knew about that, and I think um, part of Cam's limitations as a player. He's been hurt a couple times. He's not physically what he was, considering he relied heavily on his physical tools, and he's not that anymore, so that's an issue. I've heard Mac Jones is also impressing a little bit up at camp. And, uh, look, you look at Mac Jones, he's going to look better now. I think the the only the issue I have with Mac Jones is just his his ceiling. And the fact that Alabama quarterbacks, like, point me out the successful one in the NFL. There isn't one. So that that's Mac's downfall. It's kind of just he was almost too good in college. Like it's almost too good to be true, right? Mm-hmm. His receivers were too open. He had too much time to throw. It didn't that wasn't a that's not an NFL experience. And so I'm worried when he comes here face a little adversity. I think there's just a ceiling with him. He gives me Kirk Cousins vibes. Yeah. That's all. Uh into the MLB, we all know the draft has started. Pirates got the first pick and with the number 1 pick, they take catcher out of Louisville. Um his name is Henry Davis. What do you think? Catcher. Yeah, with the look, first he pick. was the best hitter in college baseball this year. I was a little bit surprised that they didn't go the pitcher. You're seeing what can happen if you can't pitch, right? The Yankees, Aroldis Chapman can't figure out how to close a baseball game anymore. They they're not good. Garrett Cole isn't the dominant starter he was. They're not good. Um, you're looking at the Dodgers without. Without Trevor Bauer now, and uh, with a couple other struggles later in their rotation, you know, maybe dropped a couple games they shouldn't have. They're in second place. You know, that's easily the most talented team and the most expensive in baseball. So, you know, figure it out. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be in second place to the Giants. Like they're playing, the Giants are playing great baseball. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. The Dodgers should be ashamed that they're not in first place. Period. Period. Yeah. If if they're going to be in second, it should be to the Padres. That's it. And so uh, you're seeing what not having pitching can do to your team. And the Pirates pitching is so, so bad. It's It's got to be worse than the league, right? It, right. I mean, it's got to be up there. Yeah. And you're going to go take a catcher? Like, we have three in our minors right now. One of them's like a top 150 prospect. What are we doing? I, did, I didn't like the pick at all. It was typical Pirates. Wish the kid well, but I... Thought it was the stupidest pick I've seen in a long time. Just like Kumar Rocker sliding to 10th overall. Right. I saw a catcher and I was like, really? That's where you think our needs are? I was like, okay, well that just proves the incompetence of the front office in Pittsburgh. Okay. 
That's all. That's about all that pick told me. Uh, anyway, that is all the news we have for this segment. We will be back and speaking of the MLB. We will be talking a lot of MLB in the second segment with our game up down sideways. Don't go anywhere. Hey guys, it's Tim from the Issue. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to my new favorite performance brand, Rep Sports, and in specific, Raise Energy. That's R A Z E. Skip the sugary energy drinks that always have a crash. Go get some Raise Energy, zero sugar, high in amino acids. Get their pre-workout, some protein powder, hypersleep aids, and more. Anything you need to keep your body performing at its peak, you can find at repsports.com. We'll put the link down in the description for this episode. Use code TIMBO, that's T-I-M-B-O, for 15% off along with other benefits. Like I said, the link and the code will be in the description for this episode, so go check it out. Yo. Second segment, the issue. Monday. I don't even know it. July twelfth, right? 12th, yeah, yeah, July twelfth. All right, summer's moving along there. Kind of flying through, yeah. Yeah, MLB's already at the All Star break. NFL's getting closer and closer. We just did our NFC East predictions in this first segment here. Last uh, episode, we did the AFC West. Yes. Yep. And then the episode before that did the NFC West. Yes. Next week we'll do the AFC East. And we basically do a division every week. I think we left like two or three weeks before the season because you know you start hearing stories ramping up. So we don't, we won't need. Um, we want to get our predictions in sooner. In a very in the last couple of weeks, we'll get ready for the season itself. And a very good uh, division coming up next week. Some great teams in the NFC get East the Pats and, or the and, AFC East. Yeah, yeah, the Pats, the Bills. Interested about the Jets? What are they going to do? What are the Dolphins going to be? So I'm going to be thinking about that pretty much all week. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now it is time for baseball. We teased in the last segment. Now coming in, up, down, sideways, baseball edition. My personal favorite game. Um, so we're going to start here with a couple of teams. Which way are they trending? Are they trending up? Are they trending down? Or are they just kind of plateauing and just you know kind of sliding sideways there? Uh, we're going to start hometown. The Pittsburgh Pirates, we have them trending sideways. Yeah, I think they're trending sideways. So I know it might sound crazy because people are like, they're obviously trending down. Well, all right. I, I Just because I don't like the first overall pick doesn't mean that it's not a good pick, right? He's was probably the best available player, so it could be worse. Um, you know... They're they're five and five in the last five, so not I guess doing terrible. They're oh they're not gonna make first. They're not gonna make the playoffs. I'm not saying that. No, they're not even gonna. But it could be worse. They have some young talent, and uh, they just drafted even more young talent. Adam Frazier's an all star. He'll probably be a fairly good trade piece. Um, <laughs> you know it is what it is. And I think if you actually play the cards right, I'm fine with you trading him. But if you trade him, I want to see some serious pieces coming back. Yeah. Um. So I, I think they're trending sideways because I think where they're going, the near future, easily down. But if you're looking the next five years, I, I think they're trending up slightly. Okay. Slightly. Uh, the Washington Nationals. They're trending down. Yeah, down. So I think they're, what, 2-8 and eight in their last 10. They were, I know they were, they were maybe a game or two out of first. Then they go on a losing streak, and they are not even close. Um, they're six games back at the division lead. They're two and eight in their last ten. They're five games under five hundred. With Max Scherzer, Juan Soto, you, you gotta be better. 
They're trending down. Uh, next, the San Francisco Giants. They're trending up. They just keep winning. I don't know how they do it. They're the best team at home in the league. They're 30-13. and 13. Um, They're two games up on the Dodgers. They just keep winning. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They just find a bunch of gems. Kevin Gosman was terrible for years. Absolutely abysmal. Could not have been a worse MLB pitcher. ERA towards 5. Terrible. Goes to the Giants. Dude is having a Cy Young year. Sub 2-5 ERA. Walk to strikeout ratio is insane. He, I don't get it. I don't get it. Buster Posey thought he was washed. He's playing great. Young guy's playing great. I, I don't get it. Speaking of trending up and doing great, Cincinnati Reds are the next team on the list. Yeah, they're they're trending up. They're eight and two in their last ten. They're now just four games back of the Brewers, who are four and six in their last ten. So Reds are trending up. Brewers trending down slightly. Um, they're four games up on the Cardinals, who are in third place, and they're four. Yeah, they're still four up on the Cardinals and the Cubs, who are both tied for like third, I guess. Yeah. Cubs are two and eight in their last ten. They've been terrible. So the Reds are they're trending up because of what they're doing, also because of what's around them. Their struggle around them in the division. They are the only team really thriving in that division right now, so they are trending up. Speaking of the Cubs, that is the next team on the list. We have them trending down. <sighs> wow, it's been brutal. So they what? They combined they got combined no hit or did combine no hit. And then since that game, they've been awful. They're two and Eight in their last ten, I think they're even worse. And like, if you pull it out to like their last fifteen, I think they're actually even worse. Um, they're like three and twelve or something like that. They're, they're not a good team. Um, it seems like the whole Chris Bryant for MVP thing kind of fizzled out. He's now returned to becoming an average player. I really do think they miss Kyle Schwarber, who's been an absolute beast for the Nationals. And uh, Druck Peterson just hasn't really filled that role for the Cubs. And we continue with teams on the downslide. Next up, the New York Yankees. Talked about on the show, I said you cannot build your team around home runs. Um, we, we post that on Instagram. Someone actually mentioned, they, they said you're not wrong, but they mentioned that's more of a pitching issue. The more I look back at it, yeah, I do think the, their pitching is a significant issue. And their bullpen. It's mostly their bullpen, though, right? I mean, they don't have a, a, a lockdown starter right now. They don't, which is obviously not a bullpen issue. I'll get there. They don't have a lockdown starter. Yes, I get that. Like, even Garrett Cole cannot, you can't rely on him right now to even give you six with less than three runs. That's like a quality start. You can't even rely on it right now. You can't rely on anyone on that roster pitching-wise to go out and give you a quality start week in and week out. With that being said, I think the bullpen's your major issue. I don't care what your starter... If your starter lets up five runs, you still have a chance if those runs are earlier in the game. If you're giving up two and three runs in the seventh, the eighth inning, that's it. You're done. You're done. You're giving yourself one or two innings to get those runs back. It's just never going to work. Yeah. Um, Chapman can't figure out how to close a game out. They're five and five in their last ten. They're in fourth place above just the Orioles. Or I'm sorry, they're tied for third with the Blue Jays, but same thing. Um, the Rays and Red Sox look like significantly better teams. And even though they're tied, I think the Blue Jays are a better team. They can't compete with anyone in the top of the AL. You look at the top of the divisions, I think the White Sox are better. I think the Astros are better. I think even the A's in second place are better. The Mariners in third in the West might be even better. 
Yeah. It's uh with the Yankees, everybody's talking about Garrett Cole, right? And and his inconsistency like you touched on. But going back to what you said on the last ap- episode, I had something that hit me in the week that I've been thinking about. Like you say, the home runs don't cancel out strikeouts. Walks cancel out strikeouts. Getting on base cancels out not getting on base Yeah, is the first thing I would like to say. Because we had a couple of messages and comments on that last post on the Yankees kind of coming back like, oh, he- well, first of all, we got a hilarious one, by the way, let me tell you. <laughs> it was like, you guys know what you're talking about. Let me save you the breath. You guys don't know anything about baseball. Well, first of all, here's the, here's where you're wrong. Both of us could have went on to play at least lower-level college baseball. We've played baseball our entire lives. Since we I've been have, walking, we have, I've been covering the MLB since I've been walking. We've had, we understand the MLB and baseball greatly. Walks cancel out strikeouts i promise you it's like one of the one of the main things that college coaches stress they want to be able to see you draw walks and get on base yeah i would say it's one of the more underrated things nowadays everyone's looking for boomer bust you know right a strikeout pitcher and a home run hitter well how about a guy who gets ground balls and a guy who can hit singles like what that art shouldn't be lost right yeah but continuing on the mariners yeah, I just I just talked about them. I th- I think they're trending up. The Mariners have been really bad for a long time. Right now, as it stands, they're a playoff team. They're in third place. They're forty eight and forty three. They're six and four in their last ten. They're seven seven games out of first, which isn't optimal at the All Star break, but that's not bad at all. Yeah. Um, I, I I think they have a chance. I like their young talent, and uh, there's a little, there's a sort of energy about them this year that I like. So mm-hmm. we'll see. So that was the last team on the list. Now we have three players. We're gonna start first with Otani, the pitcher slash insane home run hitter for the Angels. <laughs> no brainer, trending up, breaking records, 32 home runs. So he leads the league in home runs. He's got a sub three ERA. He Strikes out almost triple what he walks. Um, oh, by the way, he throws a hundred, has a nasty splitter, and uh, is probably the the best two way player. It's a very short list anyway, but he's the best two way player since Babe Ruth. Period. Yeah. And say what you want. I think he's better than Babe Ruth. Okay. Now hear me out. This can be the hot take of the episode. <laughs> So, Look, go ahead, preface this again. So, Is Babe Ruth more of a legend? Yes. Babe Ruth is more of a legend than Shohei Otani. If we could somehow bring Babe Ruth back, Shohei Otani would strike him out, and then he'd turn around and hit a home run off him. Ten it out of ten even times. Be, it wouldn't even be close. Like, people are way more talented today than they were back then. Babe Ruth's a great legend. He will always hold statistical records most likely. But it is absolutely outrageous to sit here and say that he's better than Shohei Otani as an actual baseball player raw skills. It's not even close. Like I don't, I don't understand where the like what argument do they like? Does anyone have against it? So just look at technology since Babe Ruth played. Look how much it's advanced, right? Mm-hmm. How stupid are we to think that humans haven't also advanced skills and right you know thinking and everything well nutrition working out yeah 
just general natural physical skills. Like people are always constantly getting better generation by generation. That's like maybe just like three generations ago. Yeah. Two or three generations ago. So Shohei is two or three generations better, period. Well, the thing is, too, I agree with you 100%. Look, back when Babe Ruth used to play, if you would ask somebody, right, you'd be, let's say, at the grocery store and doing some shopping. You run into a, you run into a guy, and you're like, hey, how, how, you know, introduce yourself. Oh, what do you do? He's like, oh, I lay tile. He's like, okay, cool. Uh, what, what else do you do? Oh, uh, I play second baseman for the Reds. Yeah, like, I'm a like, professional baseball player. Like what? Like you do both. You yeah. had a second job back then because the MLB couldn't even pay you enough to make a living. Yeah. So if you're going to come and tell me that the, the players back then are at the same skill level as the players today, I'm going to laugh in your face. Yeah. I think I think Babe Ruth will always be more legendary than Shohei, but Shohei's a better player. And uh, I think he's going to end up being one of the best two-way players ever, at least. Um. Right now, he is, for sure. Now, Yerman Mercedes, what do you think? He's not even in the MLB anymore. That's what's crazy. I put him on here. He was fifth in AL voting, like, a couple months ago, right? Started yeah. off hitting, like, 350, bunch of home runs. And uh, then, remember when he hit that home run off a position player? And I forget who the manager even is. Is it? Hold up. Oh, this is bad. Give me a second. Getting there? Yep. Getting there? Who's there? Oh my god, I should know that. Is it Tony LaRusa? Okay, it is. It is Tony LaRusa, right? Bit of an older guy, like an old old style coach, right? Rips this guy's head. Rips your your mean Mercedes head off, right? He hit a home run off a position player when they were up by like ten. Oh, Tony LaRusa didn't like that. That was you know that's that's a it's like an unwritten rule of baseball. Since then, he's hit like 125 with like one home run. He's now been demoted, D- or not DFA, but demoted to AAA. He's still young. He's got a bunch of options. He's in AAA, so he's definitely 100% trending down. Hopefully, he makes his way back up, though. He was an exciting young player. Yeah. Uh, and the last one on this list, not a player, not a team. It is baseball itself. Baseball as a whole. Baseball itself is trending down down so let me tell you why it's trending down um now we'll just go we'll go from an mlb standpoint first this whole sticky substance thing a lot of people fan wise are a fan of it but actual competition wise i don't think it's great for the league i've i'm now moved to the side where there should be some sort of regulated stick i'm not saying it's more entertaining when Garrett Cole goes out and throws a gem, as opposed to when I see you know balls leave the yard, but from a competition standpoint, I feel like you're going to draw a lot more fans when you have the best players performing at their peak. Yep. You don't. Yes, Garrett Cole. You don't want him to be overly dominant. So let's have a nice regulated substance that doesn't let him be overly dominant, but lets him be better than he is now. Right. Like it does nobody good to sit there and watch Garrett Cole get absolutely shelled for three innings and pulled. Does nobody any good, except for the opposing team at that time. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to see the best players at the best time be bad. So now let's go to college baseball. I didn't think it was very good optically when in, I want to say it was the finals, right? It was Kumar Rocker pitching, and Mississippi State was so desperate, so desperate to get any edge they could. They started forcing the umpires to enforce 
the pitch clock. Swear to God, it was the most irritating thing I've ever seen in my lifetime. Yeah. You're one second too late to throw a pitch. It's a ball on the batter. It is absolutely the worst rule I've ever seen. If it makes its way to the MLB, I will consider the boycott of myself watching it. I can't do it. That That's not baseball. There's, there should be no clock in baseball. That's why it's the best sport on earth. Baseball as a whole is trending down. They have a bunch of stupid rules that I don't like. They're pushing away viewership. They don't, they're not really doing anything appealing. The All-Star Game and the All-Star Weekend is terrible. It's awful. I mean, yeah, we consider it, oh, I love the Home Run Derby. I won't watch a stitch of it. Not a little bit. Not even a little bit. And you're putting the weight of, you know, the winner of the All-Star Game, like if the AL wins it, the AL team gets home field in the World Series. That is way too much weight to put on a exhibition, you know, twitched-up charity softball game. Yeah. There's something that makes ESPN a little more money for some reason it's, on baseball. Uh, they're going about a lot of things a little bit, eh, and uh, I'm not a fan. I think baseball as a whole is trending down, unfortunately. Yeah, I think if they want an example, look to the NFL. They do a, a pretty much everything job. right. Yeah, but um, no, yeah, that is about just all we have for you guys today. So make sure you're going to our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast, our Twitter, which is just at the issue podcast, no underscore anything in the Twitter. Yeah, when um, you when you go on Instagram, hit the link, it'll take you to our website right there, enter your email, it takes like, I don't know, we did it, it like took like seven seconds. seconds the other day, yep. go in, enter your email, hit, what is it, subscribe sign or sign up or something like that, mm-hmm. sign up for your newsletter there, um... Connect with the show. Yeah. Email yeah. us. There's a little there's even a little button on their bottom right corner. It's a little message box type of deal. Yeah. Click that. It lets you submit something right through the website. To S- us. Yeah, to us. Um, you could ask a question, give us a suggestion, you know, and if everything. You, if you didn't feel comfortable reaching out that way, send us an email. The issue mailbox at gmail.com. Guys, thank you for hanging out and listening to the issue.